been going through a journey looking at the earthly life and ministry of Jesus. He is currently traveling south towards Jericho on his way through Bethany and into Jerusalem prior to the Passover. And as he is traveling, people come to him, everyone asking for cures. He teaches. He also, in this case, will address a question from one who asks him. It's interesting as we get closer to his arrival in Jerusalem, we see in this narrative an exceptionally important question asked. A question that I hope all of us have asked, and I hope that all of us come to the correct answer. But in Mark chapter 10, starting with verse 17, it says this, And as he was setting out on a journey, a man ran up to him and knelt before him and asked him, now notice that there's this urgency here that this person is coming and he's running because he has a particular question that's important and he's going to the person who he believes can answer that question. And so there is some urgency to it. And he asked him, good teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Now that question is a question every single one of us should ask. What do I do to inherit eternal life? Now he phrases at first the question by commenting on the person he's asking it to. And he says, good teacher. Now he could be saying good teacher for about three different reasons, at least. One, he thinks that Jesus is good at what he does. Many of us have had teachers who are good at teaching. What they teach is a bunch of garbage, but they're effective at how they teach it. They're very interesting when we listen to them. And sometimes we enjoy just listening to them because of their talent in teaching. He also might be saying good teacher in the sense of what Jesus is teaching is good. It's reliable. And so I can ask him this question because I can count on his wisdom to answer this question. Or he could be prefaced by saying that Jesus himself is good. Now notice Jesus' response. And Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? So he asked the question, before he answers the question about how do I inherit eternal life, he wants to know, why is it that you're asking me, good teacher? And then he says, why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. So Jesus is making sure that the question being asked of the person, if it's because he's good, then it's an acknowledgement that if he's good, he is God. And therefore, he's come to the right person to ask the question to receive an answer. I suspect if you ask this question to 
to a number of different people, you will get a number of different answers. Partially because they've never considered it. Partially because they don't know. But Jesus knows the answer. And Jesus said, why do you call me good? There's no one good except God alone. You know the commandments. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Do not defraud. Honor your father and your mother. I find this statement interesting. Because Jesus himself in other teachings and in other discussions with religious leaders, when they've talked about these 634 approximate various commands, that Jesus has said the two most important commands is to love your Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, and all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Notice God, Jesus, didn't ask about those two commands. He talked about the Ten Commandments. So I'm going to make it easy on you about the Ten Commandments. I'm going to narrow them down to one. I figure if Jesus can take 634 and make them two, I can take 10 and make them one. Now, I'm not saying that this is an original thought. It's original to me. I've not read it from anybody. So you may say, oh, I read a book, and so-and-so said that. Wonderful, I like to know who that book is. But the one commandment is, do not steal. The first commandment says, we are to put no other God before him, which means do not steal the primacy of God. He's first. The second one says, do not make any graven images. Do not take away God's eternal attribute, that he's spirit, that he is omnipresent. And by putting him in a little image, you steal that. It says that we are not to take the Lord's God's name in vain. We are not to diminish and steal his holiness. We are told not, we are told to remember the Sabbath and to keep it holy. We are not to steal the holiness, the separateness, of that day of rest. We are told to honor our father and mother, which means we are not to take away, we are not to steal the honor to our parents. We are told do not murder, we are not to steal life. We are told do not commit adultery, we are told not to steal the holiness of the marital union, not to take away from that in intimacy. Paul will further go on and say, we are not to commit fornication because that will defraud, that will take away the holiness and the intimacy of that future relationship. We are told not to steal. Don't take somebody else's property. We are told not to covet. Now that one, whatever, that one basically says, don't do something that's going to cause you to steal the other thing. And then finally it says, we are not to bear fault with them. We are not to steal justice. So Jesus, I find interesting, talks about these commands, the Ten Commandments, as opposed to the two that he placed as 
primary, the ones that all the law and the prophet hang on. But I think he says this for a particular reason. He says, you know these commandments. And he said to him, teacher, I have kept all these commandments from my youth up. Now the gospel of Matthew tells us that he asked another question of Jesus. He asked the question, what do I still lack? You see, this person is spiritually attuned to the fact that keeping the commandments doesn't get him into eternal life. He understands there is something that he still lacks. Now, I want to talk about this young man. It tells us that he's a rich young ruler, which means, number one, he's rich. He's got money, something that most people seek. We are told he's young. Most of us lie to ourselves when we look in the mirror because we're getting older and older and older and so we go and have plastic surgery and Botox and color our hair and do all kinds of other things to make us look young. But the truth is, we ain't. But this guy is rich and he's young. Oftentimes when you're rich is when you're older, when you've amassed something. But this guy is rich and young. But not only is this guy rich and young, he's also a ruler which means he has power. He can tell people what to do. He has authority. So this guy's got it made in our world. He's wealthy. He's young. He can enjoy the things of his wealth. And he has power. Now, the scriptures don't tell us this. I also think he's good looking. If he's not because he's rich, he's young, and he has power, he probably looks better than he really does. Because you know it. Because you'll see some ugly guy with some beautiful girl, and you go, he's got a lot of money. Especially if he's ugly. So this guy is rich. He's young. He has power. And he's probably good looking. Looking at him, Jesus felt a love. For him. Notice we don't see Jesus treating him as he's done the Pharisee. I think this young man earnestly wants to know how to inherit eternal life. And he honestly has sought it through trying to keep the commands, and he says he has. But he still knows he lacks something. It's not all that there is. And the scriptures will eventually tell him that that we cannot keep the law, but even if we could, it will not save us. So Jesus feels a love for him, because I think he's honestly looking for this. So he feels a love for him and said to him, one thing you lack. So Jesus is now going to answer that question that is mentioned in Matthew. What is it that I still lack? He says, this thing you still lack. Go and sell all you possess and give it to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come follow me.
So there's a two-step process here. He is to sell all that he has. And then he's to give it to the poor. So that he might have treasures in heaven. Which Jesus has taught that we should place our treasures in heaven where it doesn't rust or decay or moth-eaten, but will be there for eternity. He's telling him to invest what you have today in heaven, and you'll be wealthy there. And then he says, after you have sold everything that you have and given it to the poor, so that you're going to now, instead of being rich here, you'll be rich in heaven in the kingdom and come follow me. You've run up to Jesus. You've asked him urgently the question. You've understood that it isn't sufficient to follow the law, and Jesus has told you what to do. But at these words, he was saddened, and he went away, grieving, for he was one who owned much property. Or that I might say, he was one whose property owned him much. This is a very valuable narrative. Because there's a question that if you're not a believer, and if you considered the question, what do you do to, to inherit eternal life? The question is, what keeps you from the answer? Is it property? Power? Is it control over your own life? What is it that keeps you from the answer? And the question that I have for you and for me is, as I tell you, as I point one finger this way, three come back to me. What prevents you from having a deeper, more rich relationship with God? Are we rushing around like that song said and not being still and knowing that he is God? Is it that we are pursuing wealth? Is it that we are pursuing power? Is it that we are pursuing the eternal fountain of youth? What is it that prevents us from having a deeper Relationship with God. Now the sad thing is, this rich young ruler knew that he would not do what was required to inherit eternal life. And all too often we lead our lives without ever asking the question, what is it that I do to inherit eternal life? And do we never ask the question, am I willing to give that cost? Verse 23, And Jesus, looking around, said to his disciples, How hard it will be for those who are wealthy to enter the kingdom of God. And the disciples were amazed at his word. Now, I've said this before, I'll remind you again. The Jews very much felt and believed that a wealthy man, a wealthy person, was blessed by God. 
Therefore, if you're blessed by God, then must, you must be one of those people in the kingdom because God's blessing you. They forget all the scriptures it talks about that it rains on the just and the unjust. They just assume that because this man was rich and young and a ruler, that he had an inside track and automatically was in the kingdom. And Jesus is blowing up that whole doctrine and saying how hard it is for rich men to enter into the kingdom instead of, oh, they're right there. So the disciples were dismayed as words. But Jesus answered again and said to them, children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. Now notice he broadens it. At first he said how hard it was for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. And now he says, children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. He doesn't narrow it to the rich, but to everyone. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Now, I'm, I'm pretty sure that you've heard this justification. And it says, well, Jesus really isn't talking about a needle. He's talking about this gate in Jerusalem that a camel would be required to get on its knees to go through. And all the architectural studies and all the studies of archaeology, there is no gate in Jerusalem ever called the eye of the needle. Jesus is not saying that it's hard. Jesus is saying it's impossible. It's impossible for this really big, bulky, ugly, bad-smelling animal to go through the eye where you, would, you, you need your glasses to put the red through it so that you can sew something. He says, it's easier for a camel to go through that thing that you're having difficulty with your own eyesight to throw a simple thread through it. It's impossible. Then they were even more astonished. Well, wait, wait a minute. You're telling us that a rich man can't enter the kingdom that's really hard. And it's so hard, it's basically impossible that this camel has to go through this eye of a needle. They're just, their mind's blown. Everything that they believed, everything they taught about getting into the kingdom has now been eradicated. And said to him, then who can be Now the question not only comes from the young man to know how do you enter the kingdom, how does he do it, to, well, then who can? It's, it's not only just personal, it's, well, does anybody qualify? Is there anybody who can enter into the kingdom? You know, we've spent almost three years now, almost three and a half years getting close with you because you've been teaching and preaching about the kingdom of God, and now you're telling us it's impossible to be saved. Maybe we should go back to our fishing job, because we're just wasting our time. 
if it's impossible to get saved. And after all, we're not even rich. Looking at them, Jesus said, with people, it is impossible. You see, just as a rich young ruler came to the conclusion that even keeping the law from his youth did not guarantee him eternal life. And as the disciples discovered that wealthy people find it difficult to impossible to enter the kingdom of God. There are no seminars that you can go to by the best pastors and teachers there who will get you into the kingdom of God. There are no self-help books that you can read that will get you into the kingdom of heaven. Because with people, it is impossible, which means not possible. It's not possible with people. But one of the greatest buts in all the scriptures. Usually when we hear the word but, it's like, I think you're a great guy, but. And the only reason you said, yeah, I think you're a great guy is because what you're going to tell me now. And you just want to take the edge off a little bit. But this but turns everything around. With people, it is impossible, but with God, for all things are possible with God. You can be rich, and you can enter into the kingdom of God because of God. You can be poor and enter into the kingdom of God because of God. You can be young and get into the kingdom of God because of God. You can be old and get into the kingdom of God because of God. You can be a ruler, powerful, and you can get into the kingdom of God because of God. You can have no power. No one can pay any attention to you, and you can enter into the kingdom of God because of God. Let me give you a little secret that most pastors don't ever tell you. not about you. It's about God. It's about God's love for you, not your love for him. It's about God's faithfulness to you, not your faithfulness to him. It is about how God, through Jesus, followed all the law, not only outwardly, but inwardly for you. He sacrificed himself for you. And there's nothing you could do to pay the cost for eternal life. God paid it all. It is not possible to enter the kingdom of heaven unless you enter through the door called Jesus the Christ. It is not possible for you to know God without knowing Jesus, his son. It is not possible to have a relationship with God without having a relationship with Jesus. 
It is interesting. The conversation took a look at the commandment. Jesus will later add a couple. He'll say, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you. John also tells us that we have another commandment, to believe in the Son of God. Paul will tell us simply this, the answer to how to inherit eternal life is to believe in your heart that Jesus was raised from the dead. That's step one, to believe in your heart. It's not emotional. It's not just mental. As Jesus even said, the demons not only believe that Jesus is God, they know it and they tremble. Step number one is to believe that Jesus rose from the dead. In step two, confess him as Lord. Now again, people in today's world cheapen that second part. Because they'll say that if you call on Jesus as Savior, Jesus is only your Savior. He is your God. He is your Lord. He is who. And so this young man, who property owned him, Went away sad. I would have thought he would at least bargain with Jesus. Well, what if I keep my stuff and I follow you? Would that be good enough? Because let's face it, we all try to bargain with God. Can I, can, I, can, I, can I get away with this? Yeah, I know it's sin, but it's okay. Because you and I, okay. Can we bargain? So can I just keep my stuff? Can I keep my power? I know I can't keep my youth, but, you know, I'm going to hang on to it for a little while. And I just follow you. So many people who we call ourselves Christian say, well, I just want to follow you. I don't want to do anything you tell me to do. I just want to follow you. He is our Lord, our So if you are one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God and that was raised from the dead, and you have confessed Jesus is Lord, unfortunately, knowing all of us as I know all of us, as I know me, there are things that get in the way of following him the way we are. We need Jesus to reveal that to us. And hopefully not be like the rich young ruler who walks away saddened. But one who says, Jesus has my eternal benefit in mind. And it may cost me my control over my life now, but he will give me eternal life. It may cost me some property now, but I'll be wealthy in heaven. It may cost me something now, but there's nothing that will not cost me that God will not give me in return. And no matter how bad a sinner you think you are, no matter how 
unlovable you might think you are. No matter how you might say, well, you know, I've struggled and I sin and then I mess up and then you know, I try to, and then I sin and I mess up and I, I'm sure he's getting tired of that. The scripture says, yeah, it's impossible with you. But with God, all things are possible. And the depth of his mercy and love is unknowable. So the rich young ruler walks away sad. I hope you and I walk away rejoicing, knowing that he has answered the question, how do we enter the kingdom of God? And knowing that with God, it is possible because with me and you, it is impossible. And that is exactly why Jesus was sent to make your entry into the kingdom possible. And all God's people said,